Hey everyone, this is Gigi and welcome to this week's conversation. This week's conversation is with Georgina Juarez. She is the coach behind Muhead Magic, helping guide women on their healing journey by using ancestral energy and magic to support them in becoming unapologetic for who they are and who they want to become. This was such a personally impactful conversation this week. There is a lot that Georgina and I connected on over our cultural similarities, over being Latinas, first generation, but also trying to find the balance, the beautiful dance between both cultures, being American, being Latina, and how those work together, but also in just the shared community collective of women who look to and practice their magic in their own individual ways. I am so excited to share this conversation with you all. Truly, truly such a gem and a blessing of a conversation. I hope you enjoy it as much as I truly enjoyed talking with Georgina. If you are enjoying this podcast, if you are enjoying these conversations, these meditations, please subscribe, rate, and review. Also share this with all of your friends, all of your family, anyone who is curious. Whether it's through meditations or conversations, I am here to bring the portable magic into our everyday life. From talking about adventures, reflecting on new practices, discussing the struggle with the juggle, or just the daily tea, we will come together in portable magic to listen to everyone's journey and to work on our personal journeys. And we'll get into this, I hope, in our podcast conversation, but um, just as a Latina and trying to figure out like my space and my place and your, that poem, um, Americanized with Mexican Eyes, like it... I was like, I think I've been trying to say this for such a long time and I had no <laughs> idea how to put it into words. And then there it just was. And, um, and so I loved, I, that's just been such, it's been on my mind since I read it. And it's just like everything that you kind of do and post. And so I am so grateful to just have a conversation with you. It's so lovely. That's so great. It, it sounds like it kind of stirs up some emotions for you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's been really, um, what is the word? So probably about four or five years ago, I think I went through a big, um, struggle with, I started to feel like I was culturally appropriating my own culture. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't like, it was, it was one of the most sad times in my life because my culture is, has, is always been just who I was and who I, who I knew to be. And then for some reason, and I think it also had to do with where I started to work because we have like a, um, a really high new American population. And a lot of our students come from like South America and Mexico and they're immigrants that come from there. And, kind of seeing their journey and learning their stories really kind of made me realize that my story was completely different because I was born here. My dad's from Guadalajara and there's just a lot of things. So anyway, sorry. (laughs) It's like therapy session. (laughs) You don't need to be sorry. This is what I do. And obviously there was something about, about that, that, um, I don't want to say it's triggering because triggering sometimes seems like bad, but um, for me and my experience, and I think um, I I was kind of diluting who I was um, and not because I was ashamed necessarily, just I didn't know if there was a place for my voice Mm -hmm. or for my story in that sense. 
And my journey also began, you know, when I turned 40, I went through this whole, my sister, my sister likes to call it a midlife crisis. I never felt in crisis. And she's just like, you know, are you going through a crisis? I was like, no, it never felt like a crisis for me. It felt, and I've said this before, it feels like an awakening. There's a different part of myself who I'm now allowing myself to be and become an honor and um with my grays with my curls with you know my latines my you know the ancestors i mean everything that comes together and really um being proud of of who i am and where i come from and not having it to look like anybody else yes yes you know I I really appreciate that perspective and that understanding because it's kind of the same where I think I had that time like four years ago where I was kind of grieving the loss of understanding where I was in my culture. And, and then I turned 40 last year and I also became just kind of to the point where I just said, I, I am who I am. This is, this is who I am inside, outside. Um, and not only did I allow myself to start accepting myself for just, this is what I bring to the table. This is what I'm learning. This is how I'm growing. But I also stopped apologizing for who I was or who I am. Um, also, because I, I felt like a lot of times I, in a lot of that struggle for me was what if people see me and my white skin and the white neighborhood I live in and say like, she's not Mexican. She's not Latina. Like I was so afraid of that and worried about that for so long that I finally just had to say, but I, but I am like, nothing's going to change. Like I am that. And, um, so it's just a constant, something that I have to think about constantly and work on constantly to say, like, I don't have to prove this to anyone. I just have to understand it in myself and believe that about myself and know that about myself, like all of the things also with body image and things that I struggle with, you know, like having had two children and all and what my body looks like now, or even not having had two kids like, or even if I hadn't had two kids, like just accepting and understanding that this is, this is my vessel and this is what she is. So. Absolutely. I think there, not every woman, because I know there's, you know, some women that don't get to that point just because it's easier. Um, because what you've chosen to do in your journey of self-acceptance, it's not easy. Everyone's just like, Oh yeah, except, you know, everybody says, you know, like it's beautiful and there's like, yes, absolutely. There's all these amazing things, but there's a lot of work that goes into that. There is a lot of digging deep and there's a lot of, you know, for me it was crying in my closet and, you know, sobbing. I was like, nobody tells you, you know, those stories, you know, but there's a lot of, of, um, unlearning that we have to do and nobody necessarily, um, told me that that, you know, that that was part of my journey. Like you have to alert, unlearn so, so many things that you thought were valid, that were going to complete you, that were going to, you know, make you successful or make, you know, all of these different boxes that we have to check off in order to become, you know, you need to have a degree, you need to look like this, you need to have this type of car, you need to have this type of family, you need to, you know, your first generation Latina, you know, are you speaking Spanish enough, you know, how are you, you know, there's so many Mm -hmm. all across the board and trying to find what that looks like for you um, can feel so so overwhelming and honestly, so lonely sometimes, you know, I definitely felt that way. Yeah, for sure. No, I know. And a lot of it, you know, I, I feel 
guilt, obvious, you know, like, well, I shouldn't say obviously, cause maybe not everybody, but like, I feel a lot of guilt around like it fluctuates day to day what I'm feeling guilty about and surrounded with, but, um, like, you know, I, that is the work for me. That is a daily work. The daily work is to be like, why do you, that's like my questions. Like, where's the guilt coming from? Why do you feel that guilt today? And release that, you know, and, and like you're saying, it is a lot of unlearning. It's a daily practice, like to say that like, Oh, today I'm going to wake up and be my authentic self. And like, Oh, that's just how it is. Like, that's, I mean, I hope some people can do that. That's fantastic if they can. But for me, I know that every single day I wake up and I'm like, who is my authentic self? <laughs> like who, what does she look like? Who is she coming? What are we starting with? That's a big thing. It's like, I wake up and I'm like, okay, where are we starting out today? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. so always just being aware of, of that journey every single day and learning how to do the work every day, because it isn't just a thing that you wake up and you're like, Oh, it's done. The work is done. You know? No, it gets, it does get easier. And I mean, obviously I think since, you know, just the little short time that we spent together, if you're asking those questions and if you, and it sounds like, you know, you're in the midst of kind of a transition from, you know, who you thought you were to who you want to become and trying to figure that out is completely different. It takes um, you know, different types of practices. You know, some people love to journal, some people do breath work, some people, I mean, it's, it's so different for everybody and being able to strip away the titles is going to be one of the biggest things that was for me, probably the most profound, like who am I when I'm not a mother, when I am not a daughter, when I am not a partner, um, when I stripped away all the titles and got down to who, who is my essence? What does she want to feel like? When does she feel the most herself? Like stripping away everything and getting down to what feels good you know, and what brings me joy and what has been missing and re recreating and rebuilding, you know, my, my own spirit without all the background noise, mm -hmm. without, um, all the, the shoulds, mm -hmm. you know, you should be doing this. You should know what you want. You should, you know, you should be working out, you know, your body should look like this, your, you know, shoulds and, you know, stripping, stripping all that away um, is a big, for me anyways, and for a lot of women that, you know, I, I work with, it's getting rid of the titles and getting into the essence. Mm, I love that. Well, with that, let's, um, I'm just going to introduce you because I'm pretty sure that everything that we have been talking about up to this point <laughs> is great for the podcast as well. <laughs> so everyone, welcome to the podcast today. I have Georgina Juarez with me today. She is a certified coach and owner of Mujer Magic, helping guide women on their healing journey by using ancestral energy and magic to support them in becoming unapologetic for who they are and who they want to become. And I think that that last bit, being able to strip away the titles and to become your essence is such a perfect just segue into this because that is exactly what what it says that you are. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us about your journey um, to becoming here and new head magic and what that is for you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. Um, so um, my journey started uh, way before I even realized that um, that was... <sighs> 
you know, a part of myself. My my ancestry um, comes from on my father's side. His great grandmother um, was a Mayan healer, and he would tell me that all the time when I was growing up. But that didn't really, not that it didn't mean anything to me. I was, you know, first generation Latina. You know, I was trying to fit in and be, you know, the American version with, you know, the guest jeans and, you know, the neon socks and, you know, all that stuff growing up. So um, my mother didn't know English, becoming... um, you know, having to translate things for her was exhausting for me as, you know, a five and six year old. And so I wanted to kind of get as far away from that as I could, you know, we didn't have the nicest car, we didn't, you know, all those things. And in my mind, that is, you know, that wasn't, you know, who I wanted to be. I didn't want to be, you know, driving the poor car and, you know, having to do all this work. You know, I wanted to be like, even though nobody looked like me, I wanted to be, you know, that blonde hair, blue eye, you know, Southern California, because that's where I'm from. That's that's what I was growing up with. That's who was around me. And that's what I wanted. And so, you know, um, my journey kind of took me away from, um, who at my essence I was into who I thought I was supposed to be. So um, I think for many of us first generation, regardless of your heritage, whether it's um, being Latina, South American, um, to being Asian, coming from a different country, you know, African, whatever it is, you, you know, you come here and you, you want to be American, you know, whatever that looks like. And so I went, you know, I had my children um, when I was very young, I was 18 and I started working um, in corporate America, did that whole thing, but something was always missing for me. And when I got to about 39, um, it was the first time in my life I wasn't employed and I was able to take some time for myself. And I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take some time. I'm going to volunteer at the school and I'm going to do all of this, all this, you know, mom stuff that I wasn't able to do because I was always working and I was, and I loved it. And then it became time to, um, go back to work and it was the most horrible thing ever. I did not want to go back to that. And I always knew for myself that there was something more. Um, I was that friend that you would come to, you know, to seek advice and, um, you know, was just kind of that sound of reason and would be, you know, would be there. Um, I didn't realize that till much later. Um, I'm also clairsentient, so, you know, I pick up on people's energy and different things. And so when I really reflected on what I wanted to do, um, it was go back to school. And so I went back and I became um, a certified coach, which was completely scary in and of itself because I didn't know a lot of other Latina coaches to begin with in our culture, um, you know, therapy and mental wellness isn't necessarily something that we talk about and that is widely accepted. And, but it has been around for such a long time. It's just called something else. And so when I was able to, um, go back to school and figure that what that looked like for me, it, I had to go I had to go way back, like way, way back Um, because people would ask, so what are you doing? I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going to be a certified coach. They're like, is that like therapy? Is that like nobody knew what that was? But if I said, oh, well, you know, have you ever done um, una limpia? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what that is. Yeah, you come and you clean the energy in your house. Like we know what that is. We just don't know that there's modern terms for it, right? So... Um, you know, 
I completed my program and then I started learning about curanderismo and where that that stems from and you know one of uh, for those of you who who don't know what curanderismo is um, it is a mixture of uh, Mayan African and Spanish healing modalities when the Spanish came and invaded Mexico. Um, they also brought African slaves. Um, they brought their religion, with, which was Catholicism, and also the healing that was already here from the Aztecs and Mayans, um, predominantly um, the Mayans. And so when they left, um, the three sects combined all their healing modalities to create curanderismo. So it is a mixture of these three beautiful, beautiful cultures. Um, and they were able to take that. And there's curanderos, which are healers, but there's also um, hueseros, which are now known as chiropractors, parteras, which are known as midwives. Um, there are yerberos, which are herbalists, and consejeros, which are counselors and coaches. And so when I went back and started reading that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's that makes so much sense. Like it's been there. It just looks different, right? From our villages. And then we, you know, when religion came into it, we would go and confess our sins to a priest. There was always somebody there that we can talk to. But now um, where we live in this, in this era, it's not necessarily the same. Um, and finding a way to bridge that was very important for me because it was missing from myself. Mm -hmm. There was a part of myself that was wanting to reconnect because I had, I had come full circle. You know, I was first generation Latina. I spoke Spanish, but then I was embarrassed and I did all these things that I thought I should be doing. But along that way, um, I wasn't, tapping into who I really was. And so I had to rediscover and unlearn a lot of things to become, um, you know, and am becoming, right? Because who knows who I'm going to be tomorrow? I don't know, right? So, um, so my journey has taken me, you know, all the way back to the tierra and I have teachers and um, I'm continuously learning um, not only about my heritage, but what a beautiful connection it can be when we choose to tap into um, our own magic, our own ancestry, the healing that we have that runs through our veins. And just because we don't use it doesn't mean it's not there for us when we're ready. And so um, my journey and my awakening has been to help other women awaken that within themselves especially um, Latinas and, you know, women of color who don't necessarily see other women who look like themselves in this healing space. So that's kind of what I do. I love it. Ta-da! So <laughs> it's so, so beautiful. And there's so many, so many parts of that that I just personally connect with and that it really absolutely makes me feel for the first time in a really long time. Shoot, here we go. I knew it. Get it, girl. Um, for the first time in a really long time that there are other people that feel this way and um, it's really good to hear. That's awesome. So Muhead Magic, that is your your coaching business, that is how you connect with women, that is your place to move through this work. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that and how you connect with women through that and what that looks like? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So um, Mujer Magic was created because my own magic scared me. The word bruja, the word healer, the word, all those different words, I I fought against them because they seemed too big for my little body. They just, they just seemed like they were so special 
or they were so um, conflicting because I grew up, you know, brujería and different things. Those are like, oh, those are, you know, you know, those are for other people. Those, those are for like the special people, you know. And then if you think of, you know, in English terms like being a witch or, you know, using magic, you know, you, even those connotations are negative connotations. They're not necessarily these positive you know, things that we think of. But the more I started um, feeling into it and sitting with it and, you know, praying about it and journaling about it and asking for guidance, the more I realized that, you know, our magic is that part of us that's not supposed to be defined but felt. And every woman has that. Every woman has that piece of themselves that is divine, that is their essence, that is their spirit, that is the part of themselves that is magic. And I don't know another word to describe that because it looks different for everybody. Everybody's power is different. Everybody's purpose is different. And it's not to be defined. It's greater than any one word can encompass. And for me, that was, that's your magic. And um, I knew that it had to be, um, that's just what it had to be. So being mujer magic is, is just that. And being able to share and grow and heal with women as they discover that for themselves. It's like my favorite thing ever. I love it. And I know it sounds really sad, but when somebody cries, I was like, Ooh, get it girl. Heal, heal. Let those waters heal. Like it is, you know, I'm not a, you know, masochist or anything crazy, but I love, love a good, you know, cry. With a, yes, a good, you know, a good cry and allowing ourselves to feel those feelings. And so, um, you know, my journey has been all over the, like all over the place, but the more I allow myself to be honest with who I am and who I'm not and that I'm not for everybody and that, you know, that's okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yes. It makes lovely, lovely sense. It's <laughs> It's exactly, I, I think my favorite thing is our magic is that part of us that's not supposed to be defined, but felt like, whew, wow, that is so, that's exactly it. That's exactly it without, without defining it. <laughs> that is the perfect way to express what that feels like. And I think a lot of the time you're so right. The connotation behind the words that we use for a lot of our different spirituality practices, a lot of for our, our alternative healing modalities, they have the connotation that it's inaccessible or it should be inaccessible or something that you don't go down that path. Um, because of the dark places it may lead, you know, or things like that. But most of it is fear of the unknown or misunderstanding because of, you know, different cultures defining it in incorrect ways for whatever reason. Um, but it's, it's the relearning and the, the understanding that there don't have to be, there doesn't, it doesn't have to be any definition. Instead, it's how the practice makes you feel or how the healing makes you feel. And that is where it gets its power. It doesn't get its power from a title or from how, you know, a certain person tells you to feel about it. The power comes when we experience it. And I think that that was such a beautiful way to put that, that it's, it's felt that it's not defined and that's perfect. That's exactly right. I love that. Thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, over the years when, especially for women and then, um, in this country, women of color, um, 
owning their power, owning their magic, um, and becoming, it's not always acceptable. And so not only are we fighting against the stereotype of, you know, for example, like the angry black woman when she just wants equal rights, Mm -hmm. you know, when we stand up and say we want to be paid fairly for working out in the fields and having a woman stand up, you know, the connotations that go along with that would never be the same for a man. So when those things, so when we start taking the power back and the, in the things that were set to put us in our place and say, you no longer get to define that. We get to redefine that. We get to redefine what a bruja is. We get to de- redefine what our healing is, what our magic is, what our purpose is, what we're supposed to look like, what aging looks like, what being a Latina looks like. When we start taking all of those things back, and understanding that we have always been the answer, we have always been our medicine, we have always had the power, it unleashes, you know, this beautiful part of ourselves that only helps us connect with other women, just like how you and I are sitting here today. If I hadn't used my voice, if you hadn't used your voice, we wouldn't be here. It's so important for women to come together and be a community and realize that we're not each other's competition, but that we are in part each other's teachers, each other's healers. You know, there's beautiful ways for us to connect with each other because regardless of where we are, we share something in common. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So perfect. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like the more, so this has been coming up so much, I think in my life lately. And I, the, the idea of connection with other women and the more and more I see it, I feel, I feel the shift, you know, where you move out of this space of, and I think it's all, again, like uh, there's been so much time and effort spent on so many different people's parts to, to make that gap between us grow and to have a misunderstanding really take root into our collective power um, that trying to unlearn that has been a huge part of the journey. Different understanding between like two women, like talking about this with you, for instance, like my, my feelings of, of my, my culture and my heritage and what it has been to be American and and Mexican. Like I, I have dear, dear, dear friends that I can tell anything to, but none that have experienced that. And so having someone else that I can say, like, you understand, and you can feel this with me. And thank you for allowing me this space to feel this as well is such a different kind of thing. And you don't find people unless you do open those lines of communication, unless you do understand and allow that we are not here to compete, we are here to help and to, and to expand each other. And I just, I love it. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) There's a beautiful, um, there's a beautiful thing that I learned and I, um, I put it into my own practice because it made so much sense you know, when I went through it and I'm like, of course. And I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase of this hogar. And so what that means, like, you know, my mom would be like, oh yeah, you know, your aunt called your tia called and she wanted to this hogar, which, which the trans, the translation is different than, you know, the street use. So, oh, she just wanted to get it off her chest, right? She just wanted to gossip. She just needed to, you know, she needed somebody to listen to. And the literal translation means the undrowning. And so 
when you are able and this is this is how I pictured it and so that this is why it was so powerful to me so if you picture yourself underneath um, underneath the water right say you're at, um, at a lake and you're swimming you know right underneath the surface you're all the way down and you come up and you take a deep breath and then drowning for so many of us is the things that go unsaid the things that lay heavy on our on our shoulders on our spirit that we have not been able to say but yet we want help yet we know that there's something more but you cannot ask for guidance from your ancestors. You cannot ask for help from other women if you are drowning. Coming up to the surface, saying the things, speaking your truth, feeling your feelings, being able to undrown, unburden yourself is like taking a breath. It's like calling to your spirit. It's like asking, asking for help, asking for guidance. But first you need to undrown. And so when, you know, when I was, when I was reading and studying, I was just, that visual was so powerful to me because how many of us have felt underneath the surface? We knew we wanted help. We didn't know what that looked like. We didn't know who to call. We did like we were surrounded by people who love us, but that doesn't mean that they will understand where we are. Being able to this oh God and undrown and finally call forth your magic, your spirit, your ancestors, that that within yourself is so powerful. And so I think it's just so important for women to know that they're not alone mm -hmm. and there's so many of us and you just have to find somebody who resonates with you who sparks that you know within you um because there's so many people who want to help and we shouldn't be afraid to have to ask for it and that's you know that's one of the biggest things especially you know even for myself you know bring a proud Latina. Oh, I got this. Oh no, I got this. Oh, do you need help with that? Nope. Got it. You know, do it all, be it all. Mother of two, corporate job. Da, 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 da. Nope, nope, nope. But when it was time to finally undrown this hogar myself, ooh, it's, it's work, but it's, it's the good kind of work. It's the rewarding kind of work. And not all work feels that way, in my experience. Um, so when you know when you when you when when you cry or when you feel or when something resonates with you, it's supposed to take action. You know, ask the question. You know, ask for help. Ask for guidance. Um, it's your sign. It's your intuition. It's that piece of yourself that you've been denying. So don't be afraid of it. To transition a little bit, because I, I hear yeah. you we, and we, I read this in your, in your posts and things like that, but let's talk about ancestral energy a little bit. I know that you speak to it quite a bit. And we, as our conversation has gone, you talked about connecting with your ancestors and listening to that. And so I want to talk with you about what that means to you and what it means when you say ancestral energy and, and that. So if you could define that for us and kind of guide us in that a little bit. Yeah. So, um, first of all, everyone has ancestors. Um, and there are different kinds of ancestors. There's the ones that you directly know, like if you have grandparents that have passed on that you knew, and then there's the ancestors that we don't know. And for me, um, incorporating the love, the guidance, and the wisdom of those who came before me 
but also understanding that there was struggle, there was trauma, there was, you know, we can call them generational curses. You know, none of us, none of come out of this world unscathed. Not my mother, not my grandmother, her her mother, all, all the way back. Nobody comes out of this world unscathed. We were created, we were given the tools that we are, the insecurities, the different things because of how we were raised. You know, it's been proven, we can do psychology, all about it, you know, the formative years of a child's development, you know, the things that are spoken to in the home, all of these things, that's learned behavior. We learn that from our parents, who've learned that from their parents. So we can go back and the energy that comes from that, the patterns that come from that, the behavior that comes from that stems from somewhere. And when you realize that you can change that, that you can transform that, that you can honor that, because both of those things serve us. The things that we go through, if you want to call them negative, teach us if we accept that. The positive things that we are. I mean, I love who I am. I love being a Latina. I love my gray, curly hair. I love my feistiness. I love, you know, it's it's not always the best sometimes. I mean, let's be honest, you know, nobody's perfect all the time. But honoring that, honoring the women who came before me, especially the women that came before me, um, tapping into their strengths when I don't feel I have enough. Tapping into their magic when I feel depleted. Tapping into the wisdom that that they have when I do not feel that I have the answers. Mm. You know, some people, and, and this has nothing to do with religion, and I want to make that very clear. This is not exchanging, you know, if you do, I mean, I was raised Catholic, I ended up practicing Buddhism, you know, and I speak to ancestors. I, you know, tune into myself, my energy. This doesn't replace any. If you if you pray to God, pray to your God. Acknowledging where you came from, tapping into a different form of, of light and energy doesn't take away from anything else. All it does is help help us fill in those pieces help us fill in the void being able to tap into the energy that comes directly from our descendants from our sangre from our tierra we we were all once guided by the stars all of our ancestors at one point were you know worked in the dirt you know if and i've said this before if you want to get very technical um we all come from africa so they are they are with us they are here to help guide us when we don't necessarily feel up to the task ourselves yeah beautiful thank you thank you for explaining that um too and i loved um to the idea because i i think that a lot of when we were talking about some of the things that we practice being inaccessible and misunderstood, we often feel that way because we feel like we have to replace one thing with the other in order for it to be meaningful and for it to be a practice. And we, we think that we cannot have all of the things that we can't possibly, you know, be Catholic and also be magic. Yes. That's a big brain thing, right? Like, um, Absolutely, and it's it's really interesting actually the path that I've been on of exploration and things and talking to my parents who I'm super close with about all of these conversations that I have and also curious you know with because a lot of when my dad came here from um, Mexico it was before I was born and he a lot of the things he had to undo for himself to become. American to become an English speaker, to get a job, to raise a family in the United States at the time meant kind of 
letting go of a lot of that. So a lot of the tradition and culture that I am really trying to come back into terms with are things that I'm having to ask him about now and really dive deep into. And part of it too, as I explore these modalities of healing and for people all over, you know, I talked to my mom about her numbers because I was talking to a numerologist about some things and I was telling her like, oh my gosh, mom, like you have the numbers of, you know, such a a royal powerful being and all of these things. And she will laugh because that's her way of dealing with discomfort. (laughs) She's just, you know, just like, she doesn't know how to have both things living in her, in her mind and her body, because that's not something that yet she has decided to start practicing or to start understanding. And so I'm just kind of learning that as well. And so making the space within yourself to hold and honor all of the different practices, all of the different mentalities, all of the different, um, cultures and understanding is such a relief almost because it almost feels like when when it's too small and they're only holding onto one thing you are so limited in what you can feel and what you can believe and once you start to allow all of that all of it to be accepted into who you are you begin to expand and it's just been such an amazing journey but I I really am so glad that you pointed that out that, you know, there's, there's room for everything. We just have to be open to it. Absolutely. There's not, it's, it's not a competition. And, you know, if crystals isn't for you, don't, I, I'm not, I have crystals. I don't understand all their energies. You know, I don't, I, it's just not, that's, I love, and this is just me. I love candles and I love incense and I love candle magic. I love sitting down and I love writing intentions and I love setting intentions. And part of my ritual is to sit, you know, every morning and, you know, be in gratitude and journal and all light incense or I'll, I'll light candles. And I ask for wisdom and I ask for guidance or whatever it is I need that day. It, it looks different for everybody and there's not one right or wrong way to do it. Um, I mean, it could be as simple as possible. It, you can make it as complicated as possible. It's, I mean, it's whatever, whatever feels good to you. And it really is about how it makes you feel, what it invokes in you, what, you know, what, what would you like to practice? What would you like to learn? What do you want to invite into your, into your spirit? into your being, you know, what do you feel is missing? You know, what would it look like to feel complete? You know, how, how can you start, you know, creating a practice or ritual to invite that in, you know, because for me, practicing and using my ancestral energy is love. They came before me. They're a part of me. I am a part of them. It's love. It's not in competition. Absolutely. Always space for it. There's always space. And I just, and I also just to think as you're saying that too, I think um, another thing to just think about in a way that if you're curious or you're worried about, you know, practicing something that maybe your, you know, religion or something doesn't align with in your thoughts and in your mind, if you allow it and you open up, the worst thing that could happen would be nothing, right? Like the worst thing that could happen would be there is no change. There is no experience for you that you know, guides you into, onto another path or any of those things. And just allowing you to sit with the fact that if you don't try it, there are several things that, that maybe you're missing out on, but if you do try it and the worst thing is nothing, then that leaves you exactly where you are to begin with. And so the, the, just kind of removing that expectation and that, that fear of an expectation, I think is a big part of it too, is just to say, I could be like this always without trying to expand, or I could be like this always, but I tried 
you know, and so, I mean, it's just, I think it's your perspective on it as well, you know, and the timing of your life and what is, what is good and right in the timing of who you are and where you are as well. Absolutely. And I think allowing yourself to be curious is, you know, a big, um, a big one. It was, it was huge for me just allowing myself that time to discover, allowing, giving myself permission, you know, and we, we talk a lot about that is, you know, cause we're seeking acceptance and we're seeking, you know, validation. And a lot of that stems or should stem from allowing ourselves to even explore what that looks like for us. Mm-hmm. Right. And so giving ourselves permission to be like, you know what, I want to see what this would feel like. I want to see and have this experience, you know, maybe, I don't want to say maybe it's good or maybe it's bad because even the bad things help teach us something. So it's not always necessarily, I mean, maybe it's not for our greater good, but if it helped teach us something and redirected us on whatever our path is supposed to be, then maybe it wasn't so bad. I believe that's so hard. <laughs> I believe that so, especially as a as a mother of young people. I feel that so much in my life is that without the the mistakes, without the the do overs or the let's go to bed and try again tomorrow kind of outlook and yeah. attitude, like I don't feel like there would be much that got done oh, my my mothering in that mm-hmm. way, you know. Yeah, no, ab- ab- absolutely. And that's, you know, that's, that's not something that I was taught, you know, that's something right. that I had to learn and kind of cultivate and realize for myself. And I think a lot of women and, you know, I say women, but people in general, but just because I, I, I work with women that, um, reframing and being able to, be in that space where you're not always judging yourself for everything, overthinking every single thing, picking yourself apart for everything, you know, that comes up and allowing yourself some grace as you navigate this. Cause there is no book. There's nobody's like, Oh, here's your, you know, your life and here's your purpose. And, you know, go ahead and figure, you know, it doesn't, it does not work that way. <laughs> so doesn't. So allow yourself grace as you navigate, be gentle with yourself as you're going through it. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit, but, you know, try to redefine who you are without a title. See what it feels like not to have to be boxed in and labeled and decide how you want to feel this, you know, figure out what the type of experiences that would bring you joy. When's the last time you even had joy? When's the last time that you were comfortable alone? What were you doing? What did it feel like? What did it sound like? Can you, can you be in that space without thinking about work, without thinking about your kids, about responsibilities, like at your core, at your essence, at your being, at your magic, like, what does she feel like? What does she want to feel like? And how can I bring that more into, into my space? You know? Yeah. And that really brings the ownership home. Like, it brings it to, to you, to your soul, and to your being. Because a lot of, a lot of that also has to do with relinquishing others' expectations of you and pretending that they're yours. And so much of the struggle with finding ourselves is really taking a look at not only the titles, but also those names that others have given us that we never asked for or that we never said that we were, but we have somehow become those things and taking a look at all of that and saying, which of these are actually mine? 
and which of these were given to me that I no longer want ownership of. And it's really taking that, that step back and outside and saying, I'm going to start over and I'm going to own this. And these are the, the ways that I choose to express myself. And I mean, that's just the, that's the hardest, hugest part is, is trying to decipher what you actually own and what was given to you. Absolutely. And we talked about this a little bit. It is, it is work, ladies. It is, it is, it is work. And, um, it is crying and it is being upset and it's feeling all the feelings and validating all the feelings. And it is asking questions and it's, you know, it is so much more than we think that we're capable of. But the truth is, if you're at a point in your life where you feel that something's missing, where you are having these introspective questions come up like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this who I am? Do I like who I am? Do I even like my job? You know, um, all of these things that come up for us, it's because we're supposed, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to say we're supposed, you're not supposed to do anything you don't, but it may be just maybe a pivot in your life, Mm -hmm. a little reminder that you are the creator. You are the answer. You are your advocate. You are the medicine. You are this magic. You are essentially anyone who you want to be. And you have the power to change every single day. I'm not going to say it's easy. I'm not going to say it's without struggle because that would be a lie because it is. Um, we all struggle, but you also get to decide what that looks like for you, what your day looks like for you and how you want to feel. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for this conversation. I have kept you an hour (laughs) and I feel like I could talk for an hour longer. It's been so lovely. So I usually end each podcast by putting my guest on the spot and saying, what is okay. one last thing that you just could leave with that, leave us with, um, impart on us some, some final thought that, you know, the universe is telling you to say, or that you yourself feel it's important to impart, um, but just a little something for us as we go. Um. I think the biggest lesson for me, which took me a very long time to realize, is that you are enough. In this moment, you are enough. You are not broken. You are not needing of anything else than what you already have inside. You just have to decide that you are worthy of of all that you have that's untapped. You and me and the beautiful collective of women are just so beyond what we believe we are capable of. And you don't have to call it magic. I call it magic, but you are divine. Your essence is amazing. Your outside appearance has nothing to do with the light within you. And you can make every single room shine just by simply being yourself. 
Thank you. That was beautiful imparting. I love it. Well, Georgina, thank you so much for being here with me, for sharing space with me, for having these completely just gorgeous words with me that have really created such an impact personally for me and that I'm hoping that others who are listening really feel that as well. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I love having conversations with women. I think it's so important that we have, you know, honest conversations about where we are and where we want to be and, you know, share beautiful spaces and energies with each other. So thank you so much for having me. Thanks again for joining me for this week's conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Please see the show notes for all the resources we discussed along with contact information. And please subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it. I truly appreciate your support. Have a magical day. Mm -hmm.